Good morning. All right. Well, hey, church is going to look a little different from this point on than it normally does. You heard the uh, the phrase when the cat's away, the mice will play. That's what we're going to do. We're going to play a little bit today. So, um, Caleb, will you put the first slide up, please? So here is our scripture verse for the day. We have cards here and we have some cards on the little greeter cart on your way out. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all of my heart. I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. So it is thought that David wrote this directly to the Lord in a poem after his defeat of Goliath. And so that really brings some context to this verse. And I'm thinking, how powerful is that? Um, to put that in a a nowadays terms let's say you're at the family with your park with your family at the park and you see somebody that's up to no good that looks to do harm to other people it looks to do harm to a family and the holy spirit says you need to go intervene or something rises up in you that you want to go intervene and so you go and you put that bad guy down you tackle him, you call the police, whatever you might do. You subdue him so that the people he was intending harm to are safe. Maybe after an event like that, you would want to go back and write something just like this. Not, not to make light of, of, of the uh, monumental task that David had to go through to defeat Goliath. But to me, that's incredible. So what we're going to do today is... Um, um, Brian's going to come. Brian, if you would come. Um, Brian and Brittany shared a story with Brenda and I. And um, Brian's going to share a little bit of that story today, how, the, how God delivered him from something very powerful. And so then when Brian finishes, we're going to have Kelsey come, and I'll let you know what she's going to talk about. And then I will finish up with five or seven minutes, however much time I have left. So 10 minutes, the clock starts now. Maybe six, maybe 12. Wow, God is so powerful. Amen. I want to start out with a little bit of prayer. Lord Jesus, we love you so much, Lord. We honor you. We magnify your name. Please, Lord, let this testimony set somebody free, Lord, from bondage and the chains. You are a chain breaker, Lord. I want more of you, Lord, and less of me for all the glory to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I only got a few minutes, so I'm going to try to do just a little quick testimony of my life. Um, it started out when I was about 13 years old. I was crippled with panic attacks, um, anxiety attacks. I didn't leave my mom's side for like a whole year, you know, and then, you know, just to get through it really quick is I was introduced to alcohol at a young age, and that's where I found my medication. I didn't really know God. I was, you know, raised uh, Catholic, and, you know, we went to church on Christmas and Easter and went to this confession booth, and I was scared to death. <laughs> And then I got ashes on my head every year. And I went home and I thought, okay, this God stuff is great. And every time I needed him, that's when I would pick up this Bible and I would just open up to Matthew and read the words in red and I'd be so afraid. And so I did that for a long time. You know, I drank for about 19 years and then uh, I just had to give up, you know, and I just surrendered my life to God as I knew him. And uh, I got sober for about three years and um, I still just wasn't set free. You know, I just still felt afraid and all this bondage. And then I found my wife, which is Brittany, the one that sings up here. 
And, you know, and we weren't saved, you know, and we were kind of living a weird lifestyle and stuff. And, you know, and she was battling some things and I was battling some things. And I said, hey, babe, we need to find something like and she agreed that we need to find something. I'm like, well, where do we start? I don't know. Let's start at Dancing Cranes. I mean, we need some. So we, we were kind of doing the worldly thing. We just didn't understand what to do. Going to psychics, going to mediums, wasn't helping. Went to Catholic Church, wasn't helping. And then my wife, you know, my girlfriend at the time, she got pregnant and I was just so excited, but I just still wasn't happy inside. I was dealing with fear that wasn't, you know, really coming out, but it just was inside. And it was crippling. And so what happened was all my panic attacks, they all came back. And I was just like, wow, what is going on? You know, like this is really, I feel like I was in chains. I was just in bondage. And so I said to my wife, I said, we need to find something. And there was this day I drove my van, came home, pulled up to the mailbox. And there was this little old lady. She was 88 years old. And she looked at me and she said, do you know the blood of Jesus? And I said, yeah, I'm Catholic. You know, I know and she said, no, do you know the true blood of Jesus Christ? And I said, I, I don't know. And she said, can you please come by my house someday? I just want to teach you about this Jesus. So I go home and I tell my wife, hey, I just met this old lady. I don't know what she's talking about. I'm going to go over there. She lived in the same condo. So I went, I knock on the door. She opens the door and looks at me and goes, oh, sweetie, I'm just so glad you came. Can you grab that bucket and clean my stairs right there? And I'm like, sure. So I clean the stairs. I go inside. She was teaching me about Jesus. And then she would mail us stuff every single day. We'd go to the mailbox. We'd open it up. There'd be a letter. You're living in sin. Your wife's pregnant. You got to get married. Find a church that's, you know, this and that. And so we finally went, we said the prayer, and then we found a local church, and we got married. And I told my wife, I said, I feel confident now. I said, let's go out to one of those Todd White things out in Portland, Oregon, and let's get on a plane, and I have no anxiety anymore. I feel great, you know. And So we signed up to go to this uh, event. It was a three-day event called Power and Love. You go out and just love people and learn how to pray on people and just do all that stuff. And I said, hey, we got two months before I get on the plane. I can This anxiety would be gone, you know. But I didn't know how to get rid of it. So anyway, so the day came for the plane and the devil just kept saying, you're going to go on the plane. There's no nurses. You're going to have a panic attack. They're going to tell you to shut up. And I'm thinking, oh, no. So I get on the plane. We make it out there. We're at the event. And in the event on the third day, God, Todd White came up and he preached and he just started screaming about how anxiety and fear and all that stuff is from the devil. And Jesus died on the cross. And he says, you need to take all that fear, you need to take all that anxiety, and you need to lay it down at the foot of the cross and be done with it. And I said, wow, babe, that's what I'm going to do. And I felt so free from that moment on. And we went out that day, and we, we prayed on some people, we prayed on this lady, and I came back to the event, and we told the testimony about the lady, and the Holy Spirit just kicked in. There was 2,500 people there, and I just screamed, you know what? The real miracle is right here today. I had fear. I had anxiety. I didn't want to get on that plane, and, and people just went off, and then the next couple of days, people were coming in saying, we saw your testimony on Facebook. It was so amazing. I deal with the same thing, fear, anxiety, worry, all that stuff, and what you said just made a lot of sense and it really helped me out thank you so from that day on i just started telling a lot of people about how you can get rid of this well the next day the party was over and now we had to take a drive from portland oregon to seaside beach and on the way there it was like two hour ride i'm looking around 
I'm like, uh oh, this is too familiar with my anxiety. How I don't see any hospitals. I don't. All I see is trees, and I gotta drive two hours to get there. And it all started happening again. But something changed. I said, God, I felt so free yesterday. Please help me, Lord. And He just was there, and I felt so comforted. And we were smiling and laughing all the way to Seaside Beach, and we had a great couple days. And then the party was over again. I guess the point I'm getting at is sometimes miracles are instantaneously and sometimes they're worked over. God wants us to need him. He doesn't want us to think he's a genie in a bottle. Let me come to him. Boom. Heal. Let me come to him. This. He wants us to need him to help get through it. So nowadays when I have panic attacks and all that stuff, I still get them a little bit. But I say, God, I love you. I need you. Thank you. I mean, it's that quick. You know, I don't have to sit there and think about that. I don't have to pick up drugs. I don't have to pick up alcohol to use that as medication. As a disclaimer, I believe in medicine. It works for a lot of people. And I do see a lot of miracles in with medicine. But I just felt so set free. And then the next morning, you know, we had to drive back. Now I had to drive back to Portland. Then we had to go get on an airplane. And I'm starting to, you know, the devil's playing in my head. Hey, you're going to have this. This is going to happen. And it's been so long that I had these fears and anxieties that it started to, okay, uh-oh, I'm scared. So my wife says, oh, babe, look what just popped up on a version app. It's a picture of an airplane window and stuff. And it says, I will never leave you. You know, don't be dismayed for I love you. And it was this window of an airplane and it was facing out at the wing. And I was like, wow, I just feel like sometimes God sends you something to comfort you. You know, so I just said to my wife, I was like, wow, that is just so amazing. Let's go. So we got in the car and I just drove all the way to the airport. Remember when I got to the airport, I went up to the lady because I started thinking, man, the, the trip home is a little different than the trip there. It was me, Brittany, then the window. And then this time it was me and maybe somebody else and then Brittany. And my anxiety was saying, uh-oh, that's too far away from comfort zone, you know. So I went up to the thing, still living in fear a little bit. And I asked the lady, I said, is there any way we can change my seat? Like, I just feel like, you know, I want to be closer to my wife, you know, and she said, well, if you can lift up 50 pounds, we'll give you the whole exit thing and, I'll, and you'll be alone. And I'm like, yes, that would be amazing. So we get it. I go, I sit down. I look to the right. Here's the window. Same exact picture out the window of the same. It's just amazing. And then we put them both together, but I didn't bring it today to show you. But I guess bottom line is we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to live with anxiety. We don't have to live with depression. We just need to lay it all down at the foot of the cross. He died for that. He loves that. We love him and he loves us and he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us for he knew how that felt on the cross. And he said, that would never happen to you. I love you. Thank you so much today in Jesus name. I hope that chains are broken today and you don't have to live with fear or anxiety or this uh, pandemic. One thing I got to say real quick is I did have uh, something that was told to me back in 2020, 2021 when I was at this church. And he was like, I want you to go up there and sit there and get the microphone. And I want you to tell the people today that I have been here before the pandemic. I have been here in the middle of the pandemic and I will be here at the, after the pandemic that you don't need to fear nothing for the devil is a liar. And I came to love you in Jesus name. Amen. All right. I wonder, I wonder how many of us have been touched by anxiety through this um, COVID season that we have been in. I know that I have. And so, Brian, we appreciate that. That was awesome. So I was listening to um, Natalie Grant the other night. Maybe it was last night. And 
she was in a worship setting with, with a large choir, and she said, and I looked it up to see if this was true, and I found it last night and read a little bit about it. There was a neuroscientific study done a few years back, and where there is gratefulness and thankfulness, anxiety and depression cannot be. The brain cannot hold both of those emotions at the same time. And I thought, that is powerful. Wow. I mean, getting good goosebumps thinking about it. Kelsey, would you come? So when Sarah asked me to fill in for her today, um, I learned about Brian wanting to share what he just shared. And so I made sure it was okay that we kind of enlisted all of this together. And Kelsey being here today, I really felt like the Holy Spirit said to me to see if she would be willing to share um, some things from this perspective. So you have been out of high school for two years, right? Two years. And what, what do young believers face in the school system today? Do, do we all know the pressures? Maybe some of you do because you just left high school or you're in the middle of junior high and high school. And so I, I asked her if she would share what the pressures are like for a young person who is a believer. Is it so scary that you never share anything with your friends about Jesus because you don't want to risk rejection and fear and betrayal? I don't know. I don't know what happens today. I was not a believer going through high school, so I have no clue what that's like. I was always on the other end um, bringing trouble to those who I thought were believers. And so um, Kelsey had some significant things happen in her life going through high school. And um, we just want to hear what the Lord did. Awesome. Thank you. I want to set myself a timer um, because I know I can ramble. Um, yeah. So I love this verse that we're talking about today. I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell you, tell of your wonderful deeds. Um, and I think um, it's cool that Steve asked me this because I was actually just in the Wind Rivers of Wyoming. It's like a mountain range. And I was doing some backpacking with some of y'all. And it was so beautiful and such a wonderful time. Um, and I, I realized that um, the last time I had been there was two years before, um, after I graduated high school. And that was like a really, really hard season for me, like just a really, really intense time. Um, and I, as I was hiking and backpacking, I was just like processing like, Lord, what was, what was that? Like, I'm so hurt. I feel like all of these emotions. And I felt like David several times throughout all of my high school experience. There were times where I'm like, cool. I am in the in crowd. Like I am in like, Praise the Lord. Like life is so good. And then there are other times where I was like, oh, I'm so on the outskirts. Like I am so in the out crowd. And I had a really solid friend group my junior year, sophomore and junior year, did everything with them every day. You know, it was all great. And I was the only, um, they might say like traditional Christian in that group. Um, and everyone else was with the LDS faith. And so to have like 10 other people in your friend group and you be the only one, it can be kind of, um, it's obvious that you're different. And no matter how, like, how well they welcomed me, they did welcome me very well. It was always like, there was one part of their culture I was just not a part of. And I didn't go to church with them. I didn't know the people they knew and all that stuff. So I'm in high school <laughs> trying to figure 
myself out. I think, you know, oh, I'm doing so great. I'm on the soccer team. Um, I've got this big group of friends. And I found myself sometimes like not always speaking up um, when they would say things that I disagreed. I would just be kind of like, oh, that's kind of sad. I remember sitting in a group of people and them talking about being holy enough to go and like go on a mission or like go and talk to people. And are you worthy enough? Are you holy enough? And my heart was just breaking. Like you have Jesus inside of you. You you can go talk to people. Like it's not about your works. And so there were times where I didn't stand up or um, there were times that I did and it felt really awkward and like, oh, I don't know how that went down. Um, so I'm going through junior year, you know, everything is going great. Got this big friend group and seen a uh, summer after junior year, my whole friend group just falls apart. Um, kind of like fall apart where you're like walking through the hallways and they don't even acknowledge you. Like they look the other way and you're like, these are people I spent every day with and I thought loved me. And so you just feel like so rejected. And on top of that, you have social media and messages. So for our generation, you know, we we all have phones, most of us. Um, and it's really easy to get bullied online. Or even if you try and remove yourself from the situation, that's how hard it is. I was in a group chat and people were sending me things and I was like, really hurt it was really hurtful things so I tried to remove myself remove myself from the chat they added me back in and it just kept going and so um then I was like well I'm blocking everyone and so I'm walking through senior year like okay this is hard and then on my soccer team my high school soccer team at the time I played high school soccer during the fall and then in the spring I played with like a club soccer team and I loved it and it was so fun and we were doing really well and I always was a starter always played the entire game and I get to high school and I play maybe like a few minutes a game and I'm working so hard and like trying to have a good attitude but I'm just like man I'm so upset I didn't feel like I was performing well and I I was like, why, why, why am I not playing? I'm like doing everything you're asking of me. So losing my, fr like completely lost my friend group, struggling on the soccer team. Um, I remember Steve actually mentioned before I came up about like gratitude and like when you're anxious and de like depressed. I was, I was pretty depressed. Um, it was really like dark time when you're, when you're experiencing that, like gratitude is the way to like turn to the Lord. So I love this Psalm because it's like, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart, like in the middle of this really hard time. I remember sitting, driving in the car, just crying like, God, they've like rejected me. They were my friends. I have no one to like hang out with at school. I like, why am I not playing? Like, and I remember being like turning that into a praise being like, well, God, I'm still going to praise you. I'm still going to worship you, even though, and it just like changed, it changed the atmosphere. Um, and in that, in Psalm 9, um, further down in the chapter, there's 9 verse 10, and it says, 
Those who know your name, trust in you for you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. And that's also what Brian shared too, which I really appreciated is like in a time where high school is, high school is difficult. Like kids are trying to figure out who they are. There's bullying. Um, a lot of times you may be like, I'm like a minority in a religious group or whether like that be race as well or you know anything really like it can be really isolating and the lord was just like reminding me like i will never forsake you i will never forsake you so in the midst of all of this i'm just feeling like okay i'm definitely on the out out group now like definitely not in the in group and the lord started revealing things to me about when i was with this friend group like my reflection of G- like i was not reflecting the nature of jesus to people and because I wanted to be in in crowd I wanted to do and I just didn't even notice like my character was changing so the Lord was like you need to go apologize to people (laughs) so then I was like okay (laughs) so I went and I like apologized to people I was like that is not who I am and I didn't necessarily say like I don't think that's Jesus but sometimes I think we we think that we need to like specifically say like, this is Jesus, this is not. But sometimes it also comes through our actions and just loving people and being willing to say, hey, will you forgive me? And so I started asking people for forgiveness and flash like forward, I guess, <laughs> to this year when I was in the Wind Rivers, the Lord was showing me things like, hey, remember where you were at two years ago? Like as you were walking down the same path, I was like yeah that was pretty like not fun <laughs> and um he's like well you didn't like need that group like I pulled you out of that group and I was like oh that's a different angle I'm like in high school being like I'm rejected they don't like that was all a lie like this past year whatever and he's like no I had like better for you and like look how much you learned with me and um after soccer season, so soccer season's in the fall, right? 2020 rolls around and I get really sick in February. And at the time I couldn't get tested for COVID because there weren't a lot of tests. So I was staying home and away from people. And then COVID hits the US and I never get to go back to school again. Like no closure. And so that just kind of added more, you know, then you're isolated at home, away from any friends I did have. So it's just processing a lot alone at home, you know, and I felt like David, like, God, why have you forsaken me? Or I, It was just an emotional time. And I think it's good to be honest about that. And I would sit at the piano and I would just write kind of like David did, like just my songs and my heart. So I encourage you if you're like, no matter what stage of education you are in, even if you're not in school right now, like if your heart is troubled, um, it doesn't have to be through music. It doesn't like you can do art. You can maybe it's through running or like skateboarding or what, whatever, like makes your heart happy. However, you connect to the Lord. I just encourage you to like call upon the Lord and invite like gratitude to take over versus um, sadness. And it's hard and it's not easy. So I'm going to try and wrap up. Um but I just had like a few prayer points for the kids in school right now. 
um, for us all to be praying for. So um, pray for kids that have been taking their, oh, sorry, I'll finish quickly. Um, the other hard thing about high school was you're around kids who like once a year are like taking their lives, like more than one kid at a time like multiple kids and it's just oh it's like breaks my heart um so pray that like kids will be encouraged and that they'll know they're loved um because it is really difficult with we we didn't really get to control if like social media and technology came in it just kind of came in and a lot of people in our generation are like well you're just on your phones you you're not social you're not and it's like, well, actually, adults are on their phones, too. And we're, we're learning how to adapt and, like, change and connect with people in different ways. So I'd say, like, be praying for, like, kids who are hopeless and depressed because it's – you don't ask for it. Like, I didn't ask to be in that group chat. I removed myself from that group chat, and I was added back in over and over. Um, pray that – pray for the bullies because the bullies need love as well and they are broken too um pray for school shootings to end um yeah we grow up in an era where it's like regular to go outside and like as your school's getting bomb sniffed and like to go to like protests and like it makes me emotional because that's like our reality. We grow up like hiding and like learning how to hide from a shooter. And that's like not normal. Um, pray that Christian students would tell the good news and be bold. Um, I encourage you that you may not see the fruit of like the people you pour into in high school or junior high or elementary school, but like, um, Sorry, I'm an emotional person. So um, after two years of being out of high school, I've seen the Lord's faithfulness and people I weren't wasn't even specifically praying for. They're coming to know the Lord. And so just pray that like kids would be encouraged to like as they're going through high school and middle school and all this hard stuff is happening and rejection is happening and you know, people are scared to go to school, people are getting bullied, that they would just, like, keep their heads towards the Lord, and that they would just give thanks to the Lord um, in the hard times. So, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> wow. I can't imagine how that would be. We're praying for you guys. Um, okay, Caleb, will you put that one slide back up, please, the first one? So I have traditionally looked at a verse like this, especially the last part, where I will tell of all your wonderful deeds. And I have traditionally um, always looked at a verse like this through a memory that I've had or a, a past circumstance where God has shown himself to be great either to me or through me. 
And so I'd read a verse like this and I would say, wow, God, I remember when you did this. And I remember when you did that. And I am suggesting today, because I believe this, that God is more ready to perform wonderful deeds for us and through us than perhaps we are capable of believing for. So your relationship with the Holy Spirit is such that you are linked arm in arm wherever you go, whatever you do. And are we quick to think like this? God, here is an awesome opportunity to show your wonderful deeds, either through me or for these other people or whatever. And so, um, yeah, that that has kind of uh, shaped the way I would look at a verse um, like this in the future. And so that's new for me, I'll be honest. So uh, next slide, Caleb. So as I was thinking about, about this, I believe there are three ways that the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us that that blesses us, that gives us talents, gives us abilities that will cause us to tell of his wonderful deeds, things that he is doing, things that he is actively doing now, things that he has done. And so I, this list by no means is complete. This is just where my mind went. So I'm thinking about three different ways the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us. One, those people that are born with God-given talent. I'm thinking like Ethan Hill. The kid was born born out of the womb, a football player, man. He's amazing. He's, he's a little guy. He's not so little anymore. I mean, he's a quarterback playing Pop Warner football. He's a catcher in Little League Baseball. At eight years old, the kid was hitting the ball over the fence 200 feet. Who, do, who does that? Look at all of the professional football players and baseball players and hockey players. Many of them were born with natural abilities. You cannot just throw. You cannot be taught how to throw a 98-mile-an-hour fastball. Some of that has to come along with who you are. So God-given talents. Those people that can sing. Those of us that can't sing, we're always just mad at those kind of people. Because you want to sing, you want to, to be able to maybe play an instrument, but you know that there's no chance for you to do that. And so, the, so there are people that come out of the womb being able to sing. It's a blessing and it's also annoying. Then there's Holy Spirit leading. Example, maybe God is drawing you to become a pastor or drawing you to start a new ministry or go to college or go to Bible college or take a new job, leave the job that you're in and take a new job, taking a different route home from work or from school to home that you later find out that you may have been in a horrible situation had the Holy Spirit not directed you to go a different way. Maybe the Holy Spirit, I bet everybody in this room has had the Holy Spirit um, lead you to pray for somebody. Is that true? Everybody. I am, I am thinking everybody. And so, um, that's number two. Number three is where I want to kind of focus for, for a couple minutes. So desires, dreams, or good ideas. Example, writing a book. Stanley Dahl just wrote a book. I believe from knowing Stanley that this was a dream and a desire of Stanley, probably lifelong. Is that close? Yeah. Um, learn to play an instrument, getting out of debt, 
encouraging someone. There are lots of good ideas that we have that God wants to partner with us and change that into a wonderful deed as we go along the way. I'm, I'm convinced. So go to the next slide, Caleb. So just two verses. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. May he give you the desires of your heart and make all your plans succeed. Not everything we do, we need to wait for the Holy Spirit to come and tap us on the shoulder and say, I need you to go that direction. I need you to go enroll in that. I need you to go do this thing. We have good ideas, and God wants to partner with our good ideas to make inevitable, wonderful deeds happen. Okay, next slide. I believe God's empowerment and his grace enables us to be successful in what we do. My adopted definition of grace is this. Grace is God's free empowerment that gives us the ability to go beyond our natural ability. So we all have natural abilities. Everyone in this room has a natural ability. God's grace propels you far, farther forward than where your natural ability will take you. Every person. So um, Ray's going to um, um, cue up that, that slide uh, or the video that I have for you. Um, but, but before we do that, so when I talked about, I have to just do this once because this is a, a new blessing in our family. So two Sundays ago, Crystal texted me before church and said, did you see the article about your daughter in the paper? Well, we, we heard that an article was coming out, but, but no, my mom sent it and then Crystal sent it. And so this is an article that the Salt Lake Tribune did on my daughter. You won't be able to see this because you're too far away. Online people, you probably won't be able to see this, but a bolt out of the blue. So my daughter who just finished um, graduating from Princeton in their theological seminary just was hired as the first female pastor in 150 years at the downtown First Presbyterian Church. And so it is amazing. I'm, I'm watching all of her services online. She has a nine o'clock service in the morning, um, contemporary, and then traditional at 11. And they they go back and forth each week. And so that's, that's pretty exciting. But I don't, I don't want to talk about her. I just, you know, Dad's got to say some stuff like that once in a while. Okay, so I knew of this story of a, of a young man. He's 18 years old, and I got to sit down and interview him two weeks ago. So this is, this is part of his story. In September 2020, when he turned 17 years old, he asked his parents if he could have a guitar for his birthday. Never touched a guitar, never thought about picking up a guitar, had no desire before this time to ever pick up a guitar, has not had a lesson so far. I question his parents because they bought him an electric guitar with an amp while they're living in a 1,100 square foot apartment. And so I'm thinking, well, that must have been challenging. And so his parents told him this, it's probably gonna be about three weeks before you can play a whole song. And I'm like, three whole weeks and you don't even know how to play the guitar but that's what they told him and so he needed to prove them wrong so he played a whole song that first day i don't know how you do that if you don't you've never touched a guitar before two weeks later he's playing on the worship team at his church 
two weeks. I've only heard of that one other time in the 35 years that I've been a believer. He told me, but I wasn't very good, and I was kind of in the back. And I said, I'm just shocked after two weeks that they even had you up there. And so he was pretty shy about this, performing uh, in front of people. He would say, no, stop recording me, you know, because he would get embarrassed. He would get scared. He told his parents about three or four months after he started, I am done being embarrassed, scared, and shy to sing and, and play in front of people. And all of a sudden, this young man just came out of his shell. It was unbelievable to watch. Easter 2021, seven months later, he led worship at his church. Another one of those kind of stories that you can be annoyed at, especially for, I don't even know how to hold a guitar. In March 2022, he led worship at a seminary service at Princeton for his mom, who was, she had, to, she had to organize a service from beginning to end as part of her grade to get out of seminary, which she could have done that with her eyes closed at that point. But she had her son, our grandson, his name is Chase, play worship for the seminary students. So there, and that's what, and that's what the video is. Um, and so I'm just going to have you watch a couple seconds of it, but um, in addition to that, he applied and sent rehearsal videos, videos like the one you're going to see, and other videos that he made on YouTube and through his high school. He sent them to Westminster High School, who were willing to give him part of a scholarship. And so he sent him all these videos to show them what he's been doing. And the music uh, department professor called him back and said, dude, we got you covered a hundred percent. And so that what I believe is a good idea that he had just netted him $160,000 for four year plus education in that short a period of time. Who picks up a guitar and leads worship in front of a church six months later? I don't know. Ray, you got that? Hit it. Caleb, hit it. That's not him. So he's on the, he's on your left. Same as my, yeah. Lead me to waters and pastures so I could watch that all day, but I'm not going to force you to. So, I mean, to, to me, that's an awesome story. To me, that is um, an ongoing situation with my grandson. I don't know where his musical abilities are going to take him. They are pretty new to him. Um, everything that he's doing, I don't know what will happen at Westminster College, but I feel like 
I'm not going to be done hearing the tales of Chase White in his musical career or his drama career or whatever. Anyway, so, um, so that's it. I would encourage you to think about um, a partnership with the Holy Spirit and allowing him the opportunity to create wonderful deeds through you and to you in Jesus' mighty name. And so let's just pray. Father, we thank you. And Lord, we pray for our young people who are in school. We thank you for the testimony of Brian, of delivering him from anxiety and fear. We thank you, Lord, for bringing Kelsey through to the other side of the difficulties that she faced as a high schooler. So, Lord, we pray for our young people, both in this room and online, that, that Lord, you would draw them to yourself, that you would equip them, anoint them, that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit, and that you would give them grace every day um, that would exceed their natural ability. Lord, we praise you and give you glory. Lord, for those in this room and online who have desires that they've not yet seen, have dreams that are unfulfilled or have good ideas, Holy Spirit, we pray that you would bring them to fruition. Lord, we just thank you and we praise you and we give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.